Be faithful to the Word of God. And as long as you're on the track of the Word of God, you're going to be protected from these pits, these snares that are out there for you. When the wicked try and set them, when the devil, God will take care of you. He'll see you through. There's a peace in doing right. There's a peace in relying. There's a peace in, in, in the decisions that are made, like verse 111. Thy testimonies I have taken as a heritage forever. At this time, KCICFM invites you to join us for our weekly live broadcast of Pear Park Baptist Church. We are in the book of Psalm 119. We've been looking here. Psalm 119, verse 105, 105. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. I've sworn and I will perform it that I will keep thy righteous judgments. Psalm 119, verse 107. I am afflicted very much. Quicken me, O Lord, according to thy word. Except I beseech thee thy, the free will offering of my mouth. O Lord, and teach me thy judgments. My soul is continually in my hand, yet I do not forget thy law. The wicked have laid a snare for me, yet I have erred not from thy precepts. Thy testimonies have I taken as an heritage forever, for they are the rejoicing of my heart. I have inclined mine heart to perform thy statutes always, even unto the end. Father, thank you for your word. I pray that you would use it in our hearts tonight. Lord, that we would be people with a spirit of faithfulness to the word of God. And I ask it in Jesus' name, amen. So, we have been, again, want to remind you, in Psalm 119, we've seen the heart of the man who lives by the word of God. And we've seen a lot of things. We've seen his obedience, his, his desire for purity. He is an alien or a pilgrim. His, his desire to follow the Lord, long for the word of God, his loyalty to the word, which is very similar to what we're going to look at tonight. His comfort in the word, his commitment to the word, his learning of the word, the, right, his, the righteousness of the man who loves the word of God, his fainting and the word of God, his reliance, his esteeming of the word of God, and tonight we're going to see the heart of the man who is faithful to the word of God. Um, Ryrie's note, if you have a Ryrie study Bible, a few of you do, Ryrie's note on this says, and I, and I didn't see this till I was just about done with the message, it says, the psalmist vows to follow God's word always. That's what he's going to do. He's going to be faithful. Dick and Janet just had their 50th wedding anniversary, these, this young couple. And, um, and uh, what, a, what a testimony. May God give us many of those that have spent that number of years with each other. My wife and I will be 37 years here in just a, just a couple weeks. And um, um, when I think of faithfulness, I, I, I think uh, first thought just comes to marriage. I think of marriage and the importance of faithfulness in marriage. And uh, that's not real popular today, but uh, it is very important today. So the faithfulness to the Word of God, to just be faithful to this book all your life through. You're, we're, going to see the, we're going to see the purpose of the person who is faithful, the prayer of the person who is faithful, and then finally the peace of the person who is faithful to the Word of God. Look in verse, the first verse of this section, verse 105. The purpose of the faithful. 
The word of God is a lamp to his feet and a light to his path. And this, he is faithful because the word is his illumination. Um, he has this shining on his path. He talks about the instrument, the lamp itself, and it talks about what the lamp does. It, it is a light, and this is what the word of God, this is the instrument, and it illumines our path so that we can see. You know, recently we got the lights, some more lights out in the parking lot. Well, that's a blessing if we, you know, the problem is we're in the time of year where we, it's hard to stay long enough for it to get dark. But, but in the wintertime, we're, we're going to appreciate those lights. Those are convenience lights. But sometimes you have necessary lights. And we have all kinds of nifty lights today, don't we? Uh, LED lights. I just, you know, we were, I just think over the years we've been to men and boys retreat, you know, the, the kerosene, you know, things that you're pumping up and getting them going. And then, then, boy, we really got into it. We had propane. Pop, just turn it on and boy, it goes. Well, leave your propane at home. We have LED now. And man, you get these little lanterns and just with a battery and they'll last for years you just turn on the switch we've got generators and electric lights strung around and we got a lot of light it's so fun to be out in the middle of nowhere and be out in the dark i mean just pitch dark no full moon and try and find your way through something and what a what a neat thing it is to have a, a nice little flashlight to see where you're going um, thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light, of my, a light to my path. We have a more sure word of prophecy. Whereunto you do well that you take heed, as unto a light that shineth into a dark place, until the day dawn and the day star rise in your hearts. And this book, it is precious. It guides our steps. It is a, it's a lamp unto my feet. That's personal. That's not somebody else's feet. That's my feet your feet. People want light. They want to see so they don't trip over something or they don't fall into some hole. You know Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not into your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he shall direct your paths. And we want to be on the right path. We want to make the right steps. We don't want to step in some hole and break our spiritual leg, if you will. We want to do the right thing. And there's safety in all of this. The rebukes of the word of God. The comfort when we go through the valley of the shadow of death. God's word is a light. It gives us safety. It, it shows sometimes things we don't want to see. But it's all good. God's word is all good. The word is our illumination. The word is his intention. Verse 106, I have sworn and I will perform it that I will keep thy righteous judgments. He fully intends to obey the word of God. Um, God's word is his promise. I have sworn. I solemnly swear before God and these witnesses that this book will be the book that guides me till my dying day. Amen. See, that kind of promise. And I suspect there's a number of people in this room that have made that kind of commitment in your heart. This book's just going to be your book. And you're going to follow it. It's your promise. I have sworn. The next one, he says, I have sworn 
And I will perform it. And the idea of performing means I'm going to stand on it. I will stand on this book. I'm going to perform it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to take a stand on it. Some people, they don't like that today. I'm going to take a stand on the Word of God. You know, a couple weeks ago I mentioned our church constitution. And, and just recently I was kind of skimming back, looking back through some of those things. And I just think, you know what? People of Pear Park Baptist Church took a stand on issues. That constitution goes back to 1981. Pastor Harlan Larson was pastor here. He'd been here a number of years already at that point. And there were different statements made about music, about just Christian, about, about Christian living in this world. It talks about theaters, it talks about music, it talks about dress, it talks about profanity and alcohol and, and drugs. And, it, and, it, and there's a position, there's a stand, in this, and the folk of this church says, this is where we're standing. Amen. Well, this is what he's talking about here. I will, I've sworn and I will perform it. I will stand on it that I will keep thy righteous judgments. I'm going to submit to this. I'm going to do it. I love the passage. There's a passage in 2 Kings chapter 23, and we just finished Chronicles, but back in 2 Kings, oh, King Josiah, the last good king in, in Judah, over Judah, the last of the, the kingdom before they were taken into captivity. And in 2 Kings chapter 23, man, this man, just as a young man, he took a... He, if, he took a stand and he said as a leader, this is what he said. 2 Kings 23, 2. The king went up to the house of the Lord and all the men of Judah and all the inhabitants of Jerusalem with him and the priests and the prophets and all the people, both small and great. And he read in their ears, in their ears, all the words of the book of this covenant, of the covenant which was found in the house of the Lord. You know, they had lost the book. For a lot of years they had lost the book. And they found it in Josiah's day. And he was broken over it. And he says, you know what? We need to follow this book. And the king stood by a pillar and made a covenant before the Lord to walk after the Lord and to keep his commandments and his testimony and his statutes with all their heart and all their soul to perform the words of this covenant that were written in, the, in, the, in this book. And all the people stood to the covenant. Man, what a day. Amen. And buddy, it was, it was serious business as you read on. There's some bad people that were put to death. There was some property destruction with a lot of idolatry being cleaned out of the land. And this man took a stand. Psalm 119, 115. Depart from me, ye evil workers, for I will keep the commandment of my God. So this is the purpose of the faithful. The one who's going to be faithful to the word of God, they've got to take a stand. The word of God is their illumination. But let's look at the next thing. Go down to verses 107 and 108. Let's look at the prayer of the faithful. The prayer of the faithful is this. I am afflicted very much. Quicken me, O Lord, according to thy word. First of all, it's a prayer for life. He's afflicted. He's oppressed. He's been humbled. He's been made low. Some days he's just depressed. He's been mishandled. It's like Israel down in, this same words used in Exodus, it's like Israel down in, in Egypt when they were slaves and it was hard. And he's been afflicted very much to a great 
degree. But he says in his prayer, Lord, in spite of all of this, he says, quicken me. He, he doesn't give up on God. He doesn't give up on his word saying, you know what, I've, I've had some tough things. I think of David when I think of this, and I'll show you in a, in a moment why I think of David. But I think of David and, and all of his fleeing from Saul and all of this and his faithfulness to the word of God. He didn't say, you know, boy, God is sure being rough on me. I'm not going to have anything to do with God anymore. Some people do that. But, but this, this one right here, I'm afflicted very much. I've got a lot of troubles. Lord, quicken me. I was talking with one of you the other day, and you said something to me that just, wow, I just, um, I just had to think about it. And I think I mentioned to you the other day, I, thought, I said, you know what? Somebody ought to write a book on that. How to have hardship in life and just be content and live, and live with it. Maybe we could title the book, you know, Living with Hardship. A whole life through. You know what? God gives grace to do that. He doesn't call everybody to that. But there are some he does. And oh, the trophy. When you get to, when you get to heaven. The testimony that that will be. He's afflicted very much, but he's not going to quit on God. He's praying for life. You know what? You can be alive but dead. Do you know any live, lively dead people? Are dead living people? You remember the woman back in 1 Timothy chapter 5 that lives in pleasure and the Bible says she, she's dead while she liveth? Here she is, living, this widow living in pleasure, but she, the Bible says she's dead while she's living. And you remember, and I've talked to you this about this before in, in Luke chapter 9, and uh, verse 60 where, you know, the person says, well, let me go bury my father. And Jesus just looks at him point blank and says, let the dead bury their dead. You follow me. And so, you know, there are people living, but they're dead. They're just living for this world. They're, they're really insensitive to God completely. And, man, they need life. They need spiritual life. You ever, you ever feel like this? I had this happen to me the other day. I won't tell you the situation, but I, I, I was faced with something and, and, and I had to rise up to the spiritual challenge. And you know what? I'll be honest with you. I didn't feel like it. I thought, leave me alone. I don't want to. And I thought that. And then I prayed, Lord, help me. Help me do what I should do in this situation. And he, and he did. And, and now I look at that and I, I'm just like, Lord, you're sure patient with me. Um, the affliction, the aliveness, the answer. Lord, revive me according to thy word. You know, man doesn't live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. And life comes from his book, that from this book, he's going to be faithful and he's praying for life, spiritual life, if you will. And he's asking God to do this. We, we sing this song, Revive Us Again. God, do it. Um, it. It's important for life. I mean, death is a deadness can, can do big damage. 
We've all been praying for Pastor Larson. Well, he had a, he had a bad toe. And they had to cut off the bad stuff. And we know what would happen if they hadn't have done that. You just ignored, if you will, deadness setting in. And you don't take care of that. It can be serious. I had a dear friend, Charlie, and uh, down in North Georgia. And he had some diabetic issues. And, man, they went and whacked off a part of a foot, off toes first, then part of a foot, and then, then, the, whole, then the whole foot, and then, and, then, and then started taking off the leg. Yeah. Um, you don't want death. You want, to, you want to be faithful to the book. You want to be praying, Lord, give me life. Quicken me according to your word. It's a prayer not only for life, it's a prayer for lips. Take a look at this. Lips? What are you talking about? Um, Psalm 108. Except I beseech thee the free will offerings of my mouth. A free will offering. You know, just willing, just voluntarily giving the Lord praise. There's a verse of scripture. You have to see it. It's over in the book of Hebrews chapter 13, verse 15. And in Hebrews 13, 15, it says, Let us therefore offer the sacrifice of praise to God. That is the fruit of our lips. Praise to God continually. That is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. I mean, after all Jesus is and all he's done for us, he's our priest. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's borne the reproach on the cross for us. After all of this, we ought to, through him, offer the sacrifice of praise to God continually. That is the fruit of our lips. That kind of sacrifice to just offer to the Lord. And his, his appeal here, back in our text, except I beseech thee the free will offerings of my mouth. Lord, accept what I'm going to, uh, my thanks that I'm going to give to you. Be pleased with it. There's a verse of scripture and I want to share it with you. It's in first, 2 Corinthians chapter 1. I've ref, I alluded to it the other day and I want to, just want to share it. Open the Bible and show it to you. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 11. Paul, talking to the Corinthians, teaching them, he says in 2 Corinthians 1, 11, ye also, helping together by, what's the word? What's it say? Prayer. You're helping by prayer for us. You're praying for the apostle Paul, and you're helping that for the gift bestowed upon us, because of the praying, God bestows a gift upon the apostles as they're doing their ministry. God pours out grace, if you will, upon them so that they can do the work of God. And it comes because these people have been praying. God sends grace to do the work. For the grace bestowed upon us by the means of what? Many persons, not just one or two, but many praying for the Apostle Paul. Grace is poured out. The work is done. And because of that, because the work that is done by the means of many persons, thanks may be given by many on our behalf. Many people come together, corporately pray for the Apostle Paul Work is done. God, the ministry is helped. 
And then in return, because of what God does through the apostle or whoever, because of that, then many are giving thanks. And that's what's to be happening. That's why it is so important that we hold to Wednesday night prayer meeting. That's why corporate prayer, we come together and pray for this ministry, this poor preacher. So that when God works, many people can say, praise God. And we have a sacrifice that we can take back to him. And we pray that he'll accept it. We pray that he'll be pleased with it. Lord, thank you for working. And thank you for answering prayer. So it is important. It is important that we don't give up on, on, on Wednesday night prayer meeting. And any other time we have prayer meetings. And so that's his appeal, to give thanks. Three thanks right now from the audience. Three thanks. What God did. God's been good to you. What has he done? Amen. I am so happy we can be back to church. Give me another one. Aren't you happy for that? I mean, this, poor, this girl at college gets to come home. Donna, I saw your hand. Did I see your provider. He's always been. He always will be. Here's this dear lady. God's taking care of her. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Here's another one. It's a prayer for lips. It's a prayer for life. It's a prayer for learning. Verse 108. 108, he says this. Except I beseech thee the free will offerings of my mouth, O Lord, and teach me thy judgments. Lord, teach me. We're to be learners. You never get to the point where you can't learn. I was talking to Brother Trabtree. You noticed he was here. You probably didn't miss that. Um, Brother Chuck here. Can I tell him how old you are? Sure. He's older than dirt. No. <laughs> He's 85 years old. Brother, are you still learning? Yes, sir. Yeah. That's the right thing, right? You never get to a point where I think I got it all. I don't need to learn anymore. Oh, no. Always a student of the Word of God. And then number three, the last thing. The, the, it is here, and I've got to finish here. It is for, for the man who lives by the Word of God, who's faithful to the Word of God. We've seen his purpose. We've seen his prayer. We see his peace. A man who is faithful to the Word of God has peace and don't you like peace? We went up the other day to look at Twin Peaks Bible Camp just so we could have an idea of what was going on up there. Carrie and I did, and uh, so we could make some plans for camp. And then we took off, when we were all done, ran up to Never Sweat. It has been so long. And to get up there and just sit at that reservoir, it was so quiet, so beautiful. And then we heard the, the thunder. And you know how it is up on the Mesa, man. And you're just right there. And uh, we end up getting hailed out. But, man, it was just, I love the peacefulness up there. I thought, man, I need to come up here more often. Um, <laughs> so the peace that comes, it comes through dedication, 
verse 109, my soul is continually in my hand, yet I do not forget thy law. Jonathan said this, I think it was Jonathan in 1 Samuel chapter 19 and verse 5. Jonathan speaking to Saul about David, he said in, in 1 Samuel 19, 5, Jonathan spake good of David unto Saul his father and said unto him, Let not the king sin against his servant, against David, because he hath not sinned against thee, and because the, his works to thee have been to thee word. For he did put his life in his hand. And I think that's the only two places in scripture where it's found. In our text there in Psalm 119 and this. That's one of the reasons I think David wrote Psalm 119. He put his life in his hand. David says my life is continually in my hand. As he's going and fleeing Saul and fighting Philistines and all of those things. Going out against the giant. Continually he has these problems, these issues. My soul is continually in my hand. Yet I do not forget thy law. I'm not going to ignore it. I'm not going to cease to care about it. My peace is going to become because I rely upon the word of God. Number two, his peace comes because of the direction. It says in verse 110, the wicked have laid a snare for me, yet I erred not from thy precepts. I mean, traps everywhere. But I didn't wander. I stayed on the path. You know, there's safety when you stay on the path. There, there are traps out there. Amen. The old devil loved it to, to, he's like a roaring lion. He would love to trap you and ruin you. He'd love, you, love to pull you off into some lust or into some kind of bitterness or, or something else. But if you'll stay on the path, you'll not forget his law. Uh, you'll, not, you'll not err. So safe. This is a, this is a terrible illustration, but I'll, you'll get the point. So years ago, we took a bunch of kids to Disney World, and we were on Space Mountain. And it was an unusual day at Disney World because there wasn't hardly anybody there. And so, man, I had a bunch of teenagers, and we did Space Mountain. Just go right on in, no line, go do Space Mountain, which is like a big roller coaster in the dark, right? And you can kind of see some of the other rails just right above your head, Okay. And, uh, man, we, we do that, come down, run around, go right back in. Just, you know, just as many times as we could. That'll probably never happen at Disney World again. Okay. But we just hit the right time. But you can kind of see some of those, you know, those rails because you're going upside down. It's, it's a roller coaster and it's doing all of the, the upside down things on all of that. You know what? You'd think you hear these horror stories about heads being taken off on roller coasters, right? And you think, oh, man, this would be, boy, I'm so close. You, you, should I duck? Don't worry. As long as you're on the track, you're safe. Amen. I told you the bad illustration. And as long as you're on the track of the word of God, you're going to be protected from these pits, these snares. That are out there for you. When the wicked try and set them. When the devil. God will take you care of you. He'll see you through. There's a peace in doing right. There's a peace in relying. There's a peace in, in, in the decisions that are made. Like verse 111. Thy testimonies I have taken as a heritage forever. To, to actually go for something that's reliable. God's inheritance that will last for all eternity. This whole world's going to be melted. Whatever investments you have here, 
empty. I mean, we do it for now to support, put food on the table and that sort of thing, help take care of other people. But the, the, the permanent investment is the kingdom of heaven. It's more valuable than gold. And that's his decision. And there's a wonderful peace in that. You don't have to worry about, you know, the stock market and heaven dropping, the bottom dropping out. You don't have to worry about property values up there. I get these little, you probably do, I, you know, I, somewhere, I, I don't know what I was doing. I looked up uh, my house and whatever on the real, I think it was for tax purposes. And so now I get this thing from Zillow. It keeps telling me the value of my house. Oh, boy. Back a month ago, it was the highest it's ever been. I looked just a couple days, I, this thing popped up on an email again. I looked, it dropped $20,000. <laughs> so what? It's just a bunch of sticks. Um, one match could take it down pretty quick. Um, so, you know what? Property values up there, they don't, they don't change. There's a great peace in that because you rely on the right things. And then there's the peace through the delight. Psalm 111, the end of the verse. Uh, they are the rejoicing of my heart. This book is a rejoicing of my heart. Jeremiah was going through a tough time. He had a lot of opposition. People hated him. They were trying to kill him. And he says, thy words were found, and they were the joy and rejoicing of my heart. Amen. And God's word is what pulled him through. And then there's peace through the doing. Verse 112. I've inclined my heart to perform thy statutes always, even unto the end. I'm stretching my heart out. I'm going to obey this book always, even to the end. And the word end is an interesting word. It's the word reward. Through my doing of the word of God, my stretching my heart out to obey and perform this book, at the end... When the reward time comes, it's going to be good. It's going to be peace. So, be faithful to the word of God. Father, thank you. I thank you for this book. I think that we could have it. Lord, I remember those poor Russians having to print Bibles in secret. Us sending passages of scripture and little, you know, trying in secret letters and things to try to get the scripture. Just, a, just one page of scripture into them in prison. And yet we have Bibles everywhere. Uh, our Bibles get old and we throw them away. It's, it's terrible, Lord. But we have the Word of God in such plenty. May it be in plenty in our hearts, in our actions, in our words. And I pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for joining us for our weekly live broadcast from Pear Park Baptist Church. We pray the service was a blessing to all our listeners. Our earnest prayer is that you personally have trusted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Romans 6 and verse 23 tells us the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. And Romans 10:13 tells us, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. If you'd like to trust Christ, you must first believe that you're a sinner, deserving of God's judgment, and that Christ died to pay God's penalty for your sin, and that he rose again from the dead then you may right now pray and according to Romans 10:13 call upon God and ask for salvation through Jesus Christ if you've made a decision to trust Christ let us know 
The number of the offices at Fair Park Baptist Church is 434-4113. Someone's generally available to take calls during regular weekday business hours. In addition, the best means to spiritual help and growth is through faithful attendance at a Bible-believing church. We would encourage you to be at the very next service of Pear Park Baptist Church. Our weekly prayer meeting and Bible study is at 7 p.m. on Wednesdays. Sunday schools at 10 o'clock a.m. Sunday mornings with the worship service at 11 and at 6.30 p.m. the evening service. Pear Park Baptist Church is a fundamental Bible-preaching and Bible-believing church located here in Grand Junction at 3102 E Road. And once again, we appreciate your joining us for this live broadcast of Pear Park Baptist Church.